It's good to see you all. Um, who's excited to fast? There's so many things on you. From now on, we're not going to put anything on you. It just makes life a lot easier. Okay, there we go. So, Matthew 6, if you want to turn in your Bibles there. Who has fasted before, just as a matter of interest? Quite a few of you, that's great. Fasting is an incredible discipline, but an incredibly hard discipline. Gav, it's good to see you again. Jesus said three things. He goes, and we've already said it in the video, and I spoke about it last week. He says, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. And the amazing thing that if you look in Matthew 6, it says, uh, 6 verse 5, it says, when you pray, you must not be like this. You must not be like the hypocrites, for they stand in the synagogues and the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to the Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And it says the same about fasting. When you do it, don't do it to be seen, but do it in secret so your Father can reward you. When it says giving, you're not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing so God can reward you. And I think sometimes we can get a little bit more, as Christians, if you've been following Jesus for a while, you can be a bit more spiritual than the Bible is. You think, I'm just going to fast and sacrifice, and it's all to the glory of God. It's true, and it's amazing to set aside time for Him, but there's a reward that comes from fasting. There's a reward that comes from praying, and there's a reward that comes from giving. Now, in our mindset where money rules and, and, and uh, mammon is, is our main God in the city, we think it's stuff that we get back. It's not. There's, there's blessings that is greater than money, than money that could ever buy, like salvation, like peace, like joy. You can't buy these things. You look at celebrities. They have all the money in the world, and they, they're still struggling. They're trying to find something to fill this empty gap, but we find it because we find it in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you. My goal for today, I'm going to be talking about when we fast. So it's not going to be one of these kind of, you're going to stand on your seat and cheer for me and, uh, or cheer for Jesus. It's going to be like, actually, let's prepare ourselves for war. And I feel like uh, it's almost that there's a moment, and I've watched so many war movies over the years, and I love Braveheart, and I love all of these things. But if, if you have been talking to some people in the church, you know that there's been some attacks. I was talking to Johnny this week, and he was just talking about, it just feels like there's been a testing of people's faith. And I want to say that, that this far, no further. We go through tough times. And there's, there's sometimes valleys in our life. But I feel like when we fast and when we're going to set time aside for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to seek the, 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 the face of God, which means to encounter Him, we seek His face. We're going to see God start doing some amazing stuff in us, around us, amongst us, in our church. I love this in Hebrews 11.6. It says that, uh, Without faith it is impossible to please God, but anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and he rewards those, say rewards, who earnestly seek him. Above all, uh, Matthew 6.33, it says, seek first the kingdom. What does that mean? It means my whole life is seeking his kingdom. And um, so Stalin and I are on a 21-day Daniel fast. Okay, so when I say Daniel, it's, 
I'm not saying this to think that I'm more spiritual. I'm not great. Honestly, I've stretched the boundaries as far as they can go. I've made vegetable hamburgers. Um, I like, I've, but the point is, you eat. We, we had a worship meeting the other night, and we were starving. And normally it would be like either, either some kind of junk food or something easy to eat at home, which for me is a piece of cheese, which is bad. So anyway, I'm not eating dairy. And we, we go out and we, we order a plate of vegetables. Now, for those of you who exercise and you love that kind of thing, it's hard, okay? I'm on day 16, and I've, I haven't felt satisfied in 16 days in terms of what I've been eating. It's just like, oh, this is just vegetables and fuel to keep me going. But that's what, for me, fasting is about. So I, I was listening to this preacher the other day, and he did a 21-day water fast. Water and herbal tea. And, he, and he, I think he was like on day 18 or whatever, and he looked at the church, and he goes, look, guys, I'm not dead. And he says, some Christians come up to me and they say, I fasted for a day. And he says, that's just skipping a meal. That's not really fasting. But I really, I want to just lay out from Scripture, from my own experience, some of the things where we're going to see God break through in fasting and what fasting is. Okay. So the word for fast literally means to one who hasn't eaten. And for those of you next week who go, cool, well, I'm just going to give up Facebook uh, for three days. I'm not going to watch my favorite Netflix show for three days. Um, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be really sacrificial. That's, that's good to do if you're addicted to those things. And I encourage you to do that. But that's not fasting. Fasting means to feel empty. And, uh, and I think the thing that I've been taught through this fasting experience at Style and I, and we felt we were on holiday and we did indulge. Okay, when you're on holiday, you do indulge. But... We came back and we were like looking forward to this fast, knowing that it's going to be hard, but not realizing, realizing how hard it actually has been. And uh, those of you who have done longer than 21 days, you're amazing, and maybe you're going to get more stuff in heaven than us. But I, honestly, it, it showed me, first of all, it's, 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 the, it, fasting is about humbling ourselves before Him, and it shows me that actually it, it made me more compassionate for those who have less than I do. And I think fasting, it does so many things in your life. It, it, it awakens something inside of you that was never there before. You start to be more grateful. And uh, we're only doing three days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And if you've never fasted before, I encourage you to get involved in this. It's, it, it's going to be hard. And I'm going I'm to go through. Uh, we've got a little booklet we're going to give at the end, and I'll go through that. But it's going to be worth it. And the rewards from fasting far outweigh the sacrifice from fasting. And I, I want to say this, I would love for next year, January, we start the year as a church, do a 21-day Daniel fast together. And, uh, and everyone, you get like three amens of that, you know? You were like, Jesus loves you, he's going to bless you. Like, amen, well, let's fast for 21 days, amen. So it's like, fasting is about humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Uh, hand of God. It's a constant state of prayer. Philippians 3.19 says, Their God is their, is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Now he's talking about people who aren't following after Jesus. But what I've realized in, in this fast that I've been on and we're going to go into is that how I'm so controlled by my flesh. I've been so like, I thought I was pretty strong around things, but I realized that I've, I never deprived myself of anything. And it's amazing uh, obviously, there's stuff you want to buy, and it's like, oh, it would be great to have this. I mean, I'm not talking about things. I'm talking about particularly food. And uh, I was listening to an inc incredible preacher this week. His name is Miles Monroe. Who's heard of him? And the way he describes fasting is this. He says, imagine 
that there's a pathway, a, a pipe that, is, that has gone up to heaven. And, uh, and it's almost like a, a drain pipe. And, uh, and it says, we've been stuffing that thing with food. And it's like God's message gets through to us, but it's kind of clogged on, along the way through foie gras and through other things. I look at Ron because that's his, one of his favorite meals. Uh, <laughs> it's, there's like this pipe that's clogged along the way. And he says, what fasting does is almost like Drano or we from South Africa, it's Jay's Fluid. And it's, you put that stuff down, and we've, there's a new one here where it's like crystals that you put in, it like bubbles out, and it just clears the drain. It clears the pipe so we can actually start to hear the heart of the Father clearly. And I can tell you the first four or five days of us doing this, we were like, nothing has changed. I just, I'm desperate for milk. I mean, I never thought I'd, I'd crave milk. I never thought I'd crave cheese and yogurt and all of these things that I've kind of lived, lived on. And, um, but the, the, it's... And after about the fourth or fifth day, you just start to hear God so clearly. There's something that just starts to happen, like I get into His presence quicker. Um, there's not all this junk and, and stuff that I have to deal with before I get before His throne. I just, it's like, oh, there's like a sense of peace. And I really, we're going to do three days, but it's just the start. And I, I'd love to I- encourage a culture of fasting in our church. There's a guy in our church who, he's only here for six months of the year, then he travels and does business for other six months. Very successful businessman, but he, I can tell you that he puts it, everything down to that one day a week that he fasts. He will stop drinking, uh, sorry, he'll stop having food, he'll just have water for a full, uh, full day every day. He'll go to bed hungry, wake up in the morning and have breakfast. And he says, every time they're at a block and they don't know what to do as a family and there's a there's breakthrough that's needed or a big business deal needs to come through, he fasts. And I think there's, there's stuff that we can only access through fasting that cannot be accessed any other way. And I, I, it's, for me, it's so encouraging, and I, I'm, I'm trusting God that He's going to do something incredible amongst us. Okay. So laying aside of the flesh, uh, there's Moses fasted 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread and drinking water. That is crazy. Okay, that was a supernatural thing because just after that, the tablets where he wrote the tablets of the Ten Commandments, what God did when he took it down the mountain. Then a couple of thousand years later, Jesus fasted for 40 days, then speaks the Sermon on the Mount, which in many ways is the new commandment that we've given. And it's whenever there's a significant thing that happens in the Bible, there's been fasting. And we have to realize that this is such a biblical thing. And um, there's a guy called Derek Prince, and he believes that one of the, the key reasons why a church, the Western church, is, is ineffective in what they're doing is because we've forgotten the power of fasting. And I'm so excited. I hope you are. So I'm going to have a few points. So why do we fast? So if you're feeling spiritually dry, you can tick this off. If you need a breakthrough, if you need clear vision, if you're struggling with sin or addictions, you feel like you or your family is under attack from the enemy, which is very real. You feel like you need freedom in different areas in your life. You're trusting for salvation of a loved one, a friend, healing. Fasting is the key that's going to bring the breakthrough. And if you want to carry on and go for five days, that's by all means do it. But we're going to break the fast as a church on Tuesday night. We're going to spend some time worshiping and trusting God for some incredible things into our future. There's an amazing story where Jesus, is, uh, his disciples went off and they tried to cast a demon out and they weren't able to do it. And uh, this, this demon just wouldn't leave this boy. And Jesus comes along and says, listen, the only reason in Matthew 17, 20, 21, it says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So these disciples followed after Jesus, 
prayed with him, loved him, did all the, the disciplines of following Jesus, but they came to a point where they couldn't deliver someone from, a demon, from demon possession. And I honestly, there's, there's things in, in each of our lives where there's, there may be strongholds. Strongholds are things that, that attach yourself either in your mind or into your spirits, and the, the thing that's going to get it out for me is fasting. So if you're struggling with any of those things or if you're needing, for me, when I went into my fast, my number one thing, I wrote a little journal, I encourage you to journal over the three days, is I want to know God more. I want to encounter Him. I, I feel like I want to, I want to have that, that, that sense of that deep longing for more of His presence and deep, deep crying out to deep. And I think when we deprive ourselves of food and, and, and of feeding our flesh, we start to hunger after the things that really matter. Okay, so number one, if you're taking notes, fasting brings us close to God. Fasting brings us close to God. And uh, Miles Monroe, again, amazing, he's, he lives off this, I mean, he, um, he passed away probably about two years ago in a plane crash, tragically. But he was an incredible man of God, and he used to advise into governments. And he was saying in this message that he says, some people ask me, how do I get influence into governments? How do I, how do I have an anointing? How do I see breakthrough when I pray for people who have healing? And he says, I live with the principle of fasting. And he lives with this idea that, that there's things that, and some of you may, if you, if you sit on the grace camp, you may be going, well, that works. Yes, but it works. And it, it's, it's, it's this principle that God gives us. It's a, it's a, I'm, gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's, it's an incredible principle. Okay. Um, and, he, and he says this, how bad do you, know, do you want to know God? How bad, that's my question to you today, how bad do you want to know God? Do you want to know him above what satisfies temporary pleasures of the flesh? Or do you want to know him above everything else? And I can tell you that this morning, my cry, the cry of my heart, and I hope it comes the cry of your heart, is that I want to know God above all things. I want to know his presence. I want to know this. When, when I read in scripture and I see that the disciples were going one way and then the, the Holy Spirit said, no, go there. And they were so in tune with what God was saying. It's because there was a closeness and they lived in this thing of fasting. Fasting prepares, this is what Jadison Franklin says, fasting prepares a way for God to give you fresh revelation, fresh vision, and clear purpose. So those of you who are, are leaders in companies, if you're CEOs, CFOs, and you, you're, the, you're the person, guy or girl in charge, I believe God wants to bring clear clarity and vision so you can take, you can take companies forward. He's going to give strategy into places that you never thought were possible. I believe that you can start to trust God for big breakthroughs with, with signing new deals as you bring it before God and you fast and pray before Him. Fasting makes us more aware of what God is doing than what the enemy is doing. And I think as so often I'm talking to people and they're like, oh, the enemy is just having a go at my family. And we don't know what's happening. And I don't understand this. I'm like, well, have you fasted? Have you got before God? Have you, have you cried out to him on your knees? Have you, have, you, have you sought him with everything? Because he's going to tell you. He's not, he's not hiding from you. He wants to reveal himself to you. Second thing, number two, Jesus fasted. If the son of God needed to fast, how much more do we do? Jesus modeled something of what it means to be a 100% man, but 100% God, but living in complete dependency of the Holy Spirit. Now, before Jesus went and did anything, obviously he was baptized. He says, this is my son whom I love, in whom I well please. He comes up, the Holy Spirit descends on him, the power of God descends on him. And what does it say in Matthew 4? It says, the Spirit led him into the desert to fast. 
And he goes and he fasts for 40 days. Now, and and it's, uh, sometimes the Bible is incredibly obvious. It says here in Matthew 4, it says, it says he was, um, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fort- fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. It's pretty obvious. And there for me it shows Jesus that the, the, the word is the hypostatic union, that he was God, 100% God, but he, he laid down that, that, that sense of godliness. He never stopped being God, but he laid it down so he can understand to be fully human and understand what hunger is and understand what pain is, to understand what temptation is. And it says that he never gave into any temptation, so we can look to him if we are tempted in different areas. So if he is our model, we need to practice and do what he did. And the amazing thing that happened in Matthew 4, verse 23 uh, to 25, I'll read it soon, but there's, there's Jesus, is, he's, it says he goes out and he preaches the kingdom of God, and it says Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues, uh, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and the people brought him all who, had, who were ill, who had various diseases, those suffering with severe pain, demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Love this. Large crowds from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Jesus fasted for 40 days. Revival broke out in Galilee. And I'm trusting that as we as a church fast together, we're going to start to see salvation, more and more salvations. That's one of the prayer points we're going to be going through. But we, the, I, I, go, I drive through the city and I just pray and I'm saying, there's thousands, of, millions of people who don't know Jesus. And he's going to use us to reach them. And I think it starts from the place of prayer. Who's heard of Angus Buchan? Amazing guy in South Africa, evangelist. He's seen thousands, if not hundreds of thousands saved. And uh, he, he's gone through South Africa, but all of Africa and across the world and uh, we had a friend that was talking to him and said, listen, would you come, like he said, would you come to Dubai? He says, only if you spend time praying and fasting and seeking God. Because he says that he knows, clears the way, so he can come in as an, as an evangelist and see people saved. Almost do the mopping up of lives. And can, can, we just, can we just get back to the reality of heaven and hell sometimes? That there's a God in heaven who loves us, who cannot look upon us, and he put Jesus in our place, Jesus died on the cross for us so we can obviously live a full life with him, but also so we don't have to spend an eternity away from him in what the Bible calls hell. And I think there's a, there's a move across the, the church worldwide where they're trying to erase hell. They're trying to erase that oh, God's not really saying that. It could, could mean other things. It doesn't mean this. No, God means that. And I want to say that we need to trust God. We need to trust him that people are going to come to salvation. Number three, fasting is naturally supernatural. Fasting is naturally supernatural. It doesn't make sense if the world had to look at the church and like, why are they doing that? Are you doing it to sacrifice or to please God? No, we're not doing it to, to please God. He, we are, he, we are, he is pleased with us because of Jesus. 
We're not going to add to our credit to His love towards us. That is pouring out from heaven towards every single person. You don't deserve it. We're all sinners. We're stuck in sin. We, we mess up. We do not deserve that thing. I'm not, but what fasting does is what I said in the beginning. It, it opens this channel of communication. It, it, begins, it opens your eyes to see things in ways that you never saw it before. And I was just, I, I read this last week, I think. And it's in 1 Peter 1 verse 4. It says, We have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. And when I was just kind of thinking about this and think, okay, are we going to get something one day when we're in heaven? Yes, there's rewards. But then the Bible also says that Jesus says, Pray for your kingdom come to your, and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm like, there is an inheritance and something that God has for us that we need to call down onto earth. That is our duty as followers of Jesus. And we're called to bring this inheritance from heaven down to earth. And I believe that there's things that are, that are locked up in heaven for our church, in a good way, that can only ever be released through fasting and prayer. And, I, and I'm trusting that these three days when we fast together and we seek the heart of the Father, and it's around marriages and it's around vision for your life, but it's also going to be around what God is calling us into the future, that we're going to start to see some amazing things happen. And that God would, would we'd pray that prayer, that whatever is happening in heaven would start to happen on earth. That the inheritance that is protected. And another thing that it says, it's protected and undefiled. So the ways of man cannot take away the inheritance that God has for us. But we need to pray that it comes into our lives and we walk into it. Jenison Franklin says this. There's power in corporate fasting and power in corporate praise. It creates a river of healing, a river of deliverance and, and victory, a river of cleansing in the house of God. And I, I, I'd say we, we're growing as a church and God is adding to our number. And it's amazing. This is our first service. And obviously we're going to have another service in, in about an hour's time. And we want to see more and more people come. But I, I, if we just have a crowd, we're not doing a great job. I want to have people that are so on fire for Jesus. And I can tell you that fasting is one of these things that we need to do coming out of the summer where we've had fun and we've had holiday and we need to just kickstart our spiritual lives again. Daniel 10 verse 12, amazing concept, sorry, amazing principle. It says, then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the, the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I've come in response to them. When we fast, heaven starts to listen. Heaven listens to all of our prayers, but as we fast corporately as a church, we are, we, there's just this, this exponential effect of God saying, okay, what, what are these people up to? And he, and, he, and he starts to lean his head towards us and he goes, cool, I'm going to start granting some, some of your requests. Fourth, and this is the final thing, fasting brings breakthrough. I want to read a scripture out of 2 Chronicles 20, if we could put that up, Dinesh. It says this, After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, with some of the Meunites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. So it's basically you had everyone surrounding Israel and Judah coming in, and they wanted to just take over. Uh, some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army, say vast army, is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar. Those are great names for children if you're looking, Hazazon. Um, that is in Gedi. Alarmed, of course he would be, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. 
The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek Him. Next. Love this. Just in case you think your kids, you can bring your kids into this. It's really, as parents, it's your call. You must, and obviously if they're little, they won't understand it. But if they're at an understanding age and they're followers of Jesus, it's probably a good idea for them to, to fast something with you. iPad. Okay, just, we can let, we can ease them in. Okay, is that cool, Paolo? Okay. Yeah. Paolo says he's just getting, his kids are just getting water for three days. So, um. So all the men of Judah, with their wives and the children and their little ones, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jill, the son of, I don't know why they would tell you this, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, and a descendant of Asaph, and he stood before the assembly. And it said, he said, listen, the king Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid. Or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And if you feel like you're backed into a corner, and it could be around business, it could be around uh, financial things you're walking through, it could be around sin that you're trying to deal with, I can tell you that, that this moment of fasting is going to bring breakthrough in your life. If you, if you set it before God and you trust Him and you know that He's going to do this, He's going to, he's going to go ahead of you. And it says that the battle is not, the, not yours, but it's God's. And the amazing story there is that they, the strategy that God sent, it says, send out the worshipers. And often when we're in a, fast, a, pr- a time of prayer and fasting, God's going to give a strategy that does not make sense in the natural, but in the supernatural it causes something. So can I just leave you with that, that I believe God's going to start to drop things in all of your hearts, those who are needing breakthrough in certain areas, and listen to the strategy that He's going to give you. So they sent the worshipers in front, and it says that, the, that God basically defeated the enemy just through worship. And there's an amazing principle through that. So I encourage you to listen to worship music over the three days. Keep your spirits filled in Him. Isaiah 59 verse 19, it says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood... The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And for those of you who grew up in charismatic churches, that was probably painted on the walls somewhere. But there is such incredible truth in that. Is that when you feel like you get there's a flood coming against you and there's opposition, what do we do? We do what they did. We get on our knees, we fast, and we pray. And we trust God for a great outcome. While Dan was preaching, I just felt the Holy Spirit whisper into my spirit, we're about to step into the miraculous. And I've never heard him speak that to me. And I got a scripture this week, Matthew 19, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. And I feel, especially in the area of healing, over the next three days, if you have family members, children um, that need healing, I really believe that God is going to work a miracle. My sister was seven years old, and she was diagnosed with TB, and they removed her one lung, and she was weighing 19 kilograms. And the whole church community that we were part of at the time set aside a day to fast and pray for her, and she is healed. She is still missing one lung, but she was part of the swimming team, and it was because of that prayer. My father as well, he had a, a virus in his body that he couldn't drive. It was ME. He couldn't drive. Um, he, could, he was saying goodbye to us. He, did, he didn't know whether he would die. 
And again, he woke up the one day and he said, I'm healed. My grandfather phoned him and said, we were praying for you and fasting for you last night. How are you feeling this morning? So let's believe and enter in that God is a miraculous God and something that you may have been struggling with for years can be healed in a moment.